The Mariners have hit their lowest point of the season thus far, and we could talk about that, or we could talk about all the roster moves they made, because that's a little less saddening, I think. Yeah, let's do that on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, May 23rd, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mirrors Podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, reporter and editor over at allseahawks.com. Joined as always by my co host, Colby Patnode. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C A N E G N Z. LZ and Colby at CPAT11 and CPAT11. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We typically post two additional shows on there every week and we get into some bigger ideas and bigger topics. Whereas, you know, Locked On Mariners covers more of the day to day with the M's. We also get into some non baseball discussions on there as well. It's a fun time. So be sure to check it out. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash control the zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. We're going to be uh, not talking about the weekend series. We're just going to completely ignore that. Uh, but we are going to be talking about the possibility of the Mariners becoming sellers this year because they are in a pretty big hole. One that they can certainly dig themselves out of still, but it's uh, it's certainly a, a fairly deep hole. And uh, we're also going to be talking about Taylor Trammell getting called up, surprisingly, and uh, Abraham Toro, unfortunately, going on the injured list. Uh, but first, let's talk about Justin Upton, who is the newest member of the Seattle Mariners, signing a major league contract with the team on Saturday night. He's going to extended spring training, obviously has spent the last few years with the Angels, but they outright released him coming out of spring training this year uh, to save uh, nearly $30 million. Or, well, they didn't save it, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they just wanted to cut their ties at that point. Um, so... Upton obviously has struggled over the last three years. He hasn't posted a WRC plus over a hundred since 2018. Colby, uh, is there anything here to maybe be excited about with Upton? That he finally got so desperate to keep playing major league baseball that he finally agreed to play for the Mariners. Um, <clears throat> you guys may not remember, but Upton famously invoked his no trade clause back in the winter of, I believe it was 2014. Um, the Mariners had a deal. They were going to send Taiwan Walker and Nick Franklin and I believe Charlie Furbush um, down to Arizona for for Upton, and Upton didn't want to play for Seattle, so he said no. Um, so, yeah, Upton, you know, run from it, blah, blah, blah. Destiny arrives all the same. Um, he, he's a Seattle Mariner, at least – He's in the organization. He's down and extended right now. Uh, going to be there for about a week, and then he's going to go up to Tacoma. Probably be there for another week. So we're probably looking at, you know, June ten as a realistic uh, timetable for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to actually play and, and you know see live pitching. He hasn't done that in about six weeks. So uh, we'll see how aggressive the Mariners want to be. Um, yeah, you know, Upton is. Uh, been a very good player for his entire career. Uh, 
not really the last three years. There's been some some injury concerns. He hasn't played over 100 games uh, in any of those three years. Uh, defensively, he's not good, uh, but mm-hmm. you're running Jesse Winker out there, so outfield defense, eh, maybe not that big of a deal to Seattle. Uh, but uh, I believe his role is actually to come in and be the uh, DH uh, primarily against lefties would, would be my guess here. Uh, even last year when he was struggling, uh, he did throw up a 130 WRC plus against left against left-handed pitching. So 30% above league average uh, He's 225, 355, 483 uh, did strike out a ton, 29% of the time against lefties last year. But he did also walk 16% of the time. So uh, he's kind of a three true outcome type of guy uh, Mm -hmm. against lefties. And the Mariners just looking to add some pop uh, to the middle of their lineup. And they have struggled against left-handed pitching this year. So having Upton in there, maybe he's he's a pure platoon uh, with with Winker. Although Winker's handled lefties okay this year. So Yeah. uh, yeah, I think it's just, you know, hey, let's add this veteran. There's definitely a floor here. Um, the floor is probably higher than Dylan Moore. It's probably higher than than now Taylor Trammell. Um, and it also is a little bit of insurance against Kyle Lewis, who may or may not be getting called up today. He left the game after only two at-bats yesterday. Today's the end of his, um, his rehab stint, so they kind of have to make a call there. Um, so we'll see what they decide to do. Uh, with that, but yeah, I, mean, I would think Upton's kind of a hedge against that, and he's also just kind of a, a right-handed power bat. And uh, you know, he, he did have a really, really good spring. Uh, he mm-hmm. says he's healthy now, um, so maybe, just maybe, uh, you know, twenty. What, what would that be? 2018 Justin Upton. Maybe there's still seventy percent of that player somewhere in uh, in Upton, and it's it's worth a shot. It's it's five hundred grand, and it's it's really it's it's nothing to the Mariners, and if he can hit lefties even for a month or two until Hanniger's ready to go, it's well worth mm-hmm. the five hundred grand. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it's a no risk, moderate yeah. reward opportunity here. Yeah. Um, let's go into the last three years though, because that's really when he's been struggling. That's kind of the peak of that, and also you know you mentioned the injuries, of course. But uh, just diving into some of the numbers here. Uh, last three seasons combined, he's slashing 211, 299, 414 with a uh, 91 WRC plus. Uh, and then we'll look at uh, left-handed pitchers here, uh, or against left-handed pitchers. Uh, he's slashing 196, 299, 438 with a 97 WRC plus. So he's just kind of been hovering around average. Uh, he's slightly, very slightly below average pretty much over the last three years, which, hey, that's not exciting by any means, but that's significantly better than what the Mariners have been running out in right field the last, you know, and obviously he's not going to be necessarily filling that particular role, but I mean, that's one of the biggest, you know, black holes on, on in the Mariners lineup right now. And, and presumably uh, they're going to find ways for him to kind of make up for that, even if he's in a different role and they, you know, obviously put someone else out there in right field. Um, So it's, uh, it's an interesting get. I mean, it's a when you know we talked about this last week uh, with the trade market because right now you know a move was needed. Uh, the, a move still is needed to be clear here, but 
Um, the trade market, of course, is just it's kind of stagnant right now because you're still at the start of the season where no one was really super um, motivated to sell right now. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, even with a team like the Orioles or the Pirates, who I think we know was not going to be competing for anything this year, even they're kind of still just hanging on right now and seeing how everything goes. And and no one is really, you know, antsy to make the first move. They're not <coughs> antsy to right. be the first seller uh, to proclaim themselves as that. So uh, there's all of that that goes into it. But Upton is a, uh, you know, he's a, a fun player when he's when he's playing well and obviously a very accomplished player and, and brings some pedigree to this uh to this roster which is still relatively young even with some of the veterans that they brought in this uh this past off season and um you know i i, I prefer it over uh steven souza jr and uh, honestly i would prefer it over um you know even taylor Trammell right now who's why you know while i obviously believe there's a ton more upside with Tramel in the future that that might not be seen through this this particular year he might need to go back to AAA and and work on some things still it just kind of seems a little bit early we're going to be talking about that in a second but overall uh Upton is better than what they had and that's about it and that's more said that says more about what they had before they signed him than anything but it is somewhat of a maybe a, a step in the right direction here where maybe he can level out that lineup a little bit it's just at least he can run into one right he can run into one he gives them more pop like you mentioned that's something that they've been kind of lacking um particularly near the bottom of their lineup he's not a black hole at least i don't think he is he's not great but he's not a black yeah. hole yeah particularly against lefties um <clears throat> Yeah, he's kind of a. By the way, he's he's still sneaky fast. Um, sure. Sixty first percentile in sprint speed last year. Um, he's typically going to be closer to around fifty, fiftieth uh, percentile. So he's not clogging you on the bases. Um, he, but he's not a burner. Uh, did steal a couple bags last year, but that's not really what he does anymore. Um, you're just hoping he pops a couple home runs, and I don't think Upton's going to be up for the entire year. I, I don't think that this is. No, just a permanent fixture now. I think he's a, a stopgap until you get to Hanniger or until somebody is is willing to trade you uh, an upgrade uh, at the spot. And um, like I said, I mean, there's still some good skills here. He's 67th percentile in average exit velo, 79th percentile in barrel percentage, uh, 73rd percentile in base on ball percentage, 69th percentile, nice in chase rate, um, 53rd percentile in hard hit rate, 52nd percentile in X slug. Um, there's some, there's some tools here that can produce a, a contributor at the very least. Um, mm. the big issue for, for Upton has been the whiffs. Um, he's swinging and missing at a lot of pitches and, uh, that's, that's an issue obviously. So uh, mostly yeah. breaking balls he's, he's struggling with, but, uh, last year he also struggled with the fastball. So mm-hmm. he's just, it's, it's, you know, he's making good swing decisions. He's just not making contact and that's that's the big problem so again watch see yeah, what he looks go, like because he was very yeah, good going, in, in the spring this year yeah going back to his um his numbers over the last three seasons 29.1 percent k rate that jumps up to 33 percent against the lefties so even though they hits lefties better he's still swinging and missing a lot uh, against them uh so that's something to keep an eye on he also walks a little bit 
twelve and a half percent of the time against lefties, uh, ten, uh, ten and a half percent, just overall over the last three years. So uh, there is, uh, you know, for for some of the percentiles that you listed from from Savant and and from some of these numbers here, there are some positives. There is, and if he's healthy, there is certainly if you squint, you can see like maybe him actually contributing here. <laughs> Does that lead to him sticking for the whole year? Probably not, uh, especially if you know Kyle Lewis can can stick at the big league level, and uh, Hanneker comes back in July as he's uh, expected to. Um, then there probably just isn't a fit naturally, especially if they're gonna go out and add. But right now, who knows if they're gonna go out and add? Maybe yeah, they stand pat it, with uh, where they are right now because of where the record is and all that. Yeah. So, um, I mean. If if he can hit two thirty, three hundred, four fifty, he's going to help you. So yeah, yeah, that absolutely helps. That's I mean, <laughs> that's unfortunately better than a third of your lineup right now, at least. So yep, yeah, and again, that says more about the Mariners than Justin Upton right now. But that's where we are. Uh, so the Mariners made some more moves yesterday before yesterday's heartbreaking loss disappointing loss sad depressing i don't know you, you don't know what, out what you want to call it yeah yeah totally yeah my mistake no, there was no game played uh yesterday nor were there uh the three days before that uh but we're gonna be talking about taylor Chamel. we're gonna be talking about abraham toro and of course sam haggerty or ham swaggerty the return uh but first a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by built bar i love brownies but you know what i love more brownie batter Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Now imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. Well, you're in luck because Built has a new creation and this one is better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puff. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and they're available right now on Built.com. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar, Brownie Batter Puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So go try some for yourself at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast with recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. So before yesterday's game, the Mariners made a handful of moves. Steven Souza. Gone. A little too late, Mariners, but he's gone. It's over. We can move past that unfortunate era of Mariners baseball that was this past week. Um, Taylor Trammell, though, was his replacement, and that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, there were there was no inkling that Trammell was going to be coming up. He, of course suffered a significant hamstring injury in, I believe, the Rainers' second game of the year? Third game of the year? Yeah, it was pretty early on. And um, I, frankly, I didn't even know he was playing down in extended spring training, but that's where they called him up from. He he did not go back to Tacoma uh, post-injury. And he's now with the big league team. He walked yesterday. That was nice. Also struck out, but he did walk. He got on base. 
so not a terrible uh, first outing for uh, for Tramel in this one. I mean, Colby, you and I are big fans of Tramel, particularly the person that he is, mm-hmm. but also, you know, we, we think that he's going to be um, pretty dang good eventually. Uh, just needs some time, obviously needs some time to work on some things. Obviously showed some nice stuff last year. And by the way, this was the first time that all four players acquired in the Austin Nola trade with the Padres was on the uh, Ma- Mariners Major League roster at once. So Ty France, Luis Franz, Andres Munoz, and now Taylor Chamel all on the roster together. And that's the thing too, right? Is like we've seen Torrens pop a little bit. We've seen Munoz pop a little bit. Obviously Ty France is Ty France. Um, yeah, and I know Munoz. We're Again, we're not talking about that. We are not talking about that. We are completely ignoring that. That, that it did not happen. But um, but yeah, Tremel, who was kind of seen as the prize of that deal, uh, hasn't really gotten it going yet. So, you know, I mentioned earlier that I still think that Tremel needs time in, in Tacoma to work on some things. I, I find this call up a little bit weird. I know that they don't have many options, and he was one of the few options that they had on the forty man roster in particular. Um, do you agree with the notion that he should probably be sent down? Maybe he's even the move when if they call up Kyle Lewis today. Yeah, it's possible, although it seems weird that you would call a guy up, um, fly him to Boston, and then demote him the next day. Yeah. Uh, especially since, obviously, they didn't care about any PR backlash with Souza. Why not just keep him on the roster for one more day? So that, that would be kind of weird. Um, but uh, I suppose it's possible. Uh, yeah, it, it's Tramel needs time down in AAA. He probably needs a whole year, um, or at least a good chunk of it. Uh, last year he ran a 42% strikeout rate. It's not sustainable, and, and there were a lot of things to like about Taylor last year. Showed some real power, um, which, you know, we knew he had some pop, but he showed legitimate like 30 home run power. Uh, when he was up last year, he was a uh, plus defender in center field. Uh, it granted in a small sample size, but he was still very good uh, defensively. Runs well. He's a great athlete. Uh, there's, you know, if if he can, if he pops, if if you have him when he pops, you got a shot at an all star like that. That's the upside of yeah. Taylor Trammell. Um, Whether or not that's going to happen anytime in the next three or four years, I don't know. Trammell could be one of those guys who doesn't pop until he's twenty eight you know, and, and he's playing for Cleveland or something like that. So that's kind of the risk with Tramel is that you don't want to give up on him because his upside is legitimately an all-star caliber center fielder. Um, but we really have no indication of how close he is. Uh, so what does he do for the Mariners right now? I He's an upgrade defensively over anybody else they have out there. Uh, that's true. He is a guy who – walks uh he mm-hmm. even last year he walked plenty almost 10 percent uh mm-hmm. he walked yesterday he's got a very good eye very good uh ctz uh type of approach there and he's definitely got some pull power uh that he can get to um so yeah there's a lot of tools here but it just feels weird to me that like you brought Tramel across the country you play in one game two at bats and then that's it. Like I just, I don't know. It feels very weird. I guess anything to avoid calling up Billy Hamilton appears to be the the Mariners' uh, motto right now. Uh, we'll see how long he's up, but uh, yeah, I'm rooting for Taylor as long as he's up. He's a great guy. 
uh, really fun player when he when he's on when he's clicking. Um, and you know, if the Mariners just so happen to to catch some lightning in a bottle here and, and he gets on a little bit of a roll, he can, he can really help for a couple weeks. So mm-hmm. we'll see what the plan is overall for him. Uh, I don't think this is a long-term thing. I would suspect it's, you know, maybe he's the guy who gets sent down when Upton is ready. I, I don't know exactly what the plan is here, but uh, yeah, very surprising that he was the guy who was called up uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that, Sam Haggerty also gets called up, um, but for some unfortunate reasons, uh, Abraham Toro uh, goes on the 10-day IL, and this is uh, this really sucks because Toro had been hitting pretty well on this road trip. Um, on this road trip, he was slashing 304, 346, 609 with a mm-hmm. 177 WRC+. Plus. Uh, two home runs for him, of course. Uh, so yeah, that's just it's it's a pretty significant blow. He was also performing fairly well defensively. Um, it just uh, yeah, it just hurts all around because this team is is lacking contributors right now offensively, mm-hmm. and now you're taking one of their biggest contributors over the last week and a half. Um, how much does the uh, the Toro loss hurt the Mariners, and and when do you think we might uh, be able to see him again? Well, since you always ask me this, I assume you want me to show my medical degree. Yes, um, absolutely. I, I, don't, I do not know how long he's going to be out for. Uh, he injured, I believe, it was a shoulder right uh, in a in a collision mm. uh, with Adam Frazier. Doesn't seem like a good thing, uh, but uh, I haven't heard anything about how long he might be out for. Uh, hopefully, not too long, because like you mentioned, he was one of your better players. Um, Ty, would you believe that? Uh, Abraham Toro is 81st percentile and outs above average right now. So he's also helping you quite a bit defensively, mostly at second yeah. base, but also a little bit at third. And it just it limits what you can do. Um, it's it's kind of tough. You know, it's kind of tough with uh, Frazier now. Frazier probably not going to play much outfield. Um, you still have more who could play second base, but we've seen the bat there. Um, so yeah, you kind of lose a, a pretty good bat at second or third if you wanted to give Suarez a day or DH Suarez maybe. Um, and and you know Toro is significantly better than Dylan Moore at third base. So yeah, you kind of lose something defensively. You lose some some high contact, high probability contact from Toro at the bottom of your lineup, which is going to lead to more strikeouts because well Dylan Moore strikes out. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just it's a bummer, man. You, your team definitely got worse. Uh, over the weekend uh, from lo- from losing Toro. Uh, Sam Haggerty is what he is. I mean, there, there's nothing. He's a high-contact guy. He's can play, you know, a little bit of everywhere. Probably don't want him to play shortstop, but, you know, he can handle second. He can handle the outfield. He's a very fast guy, provides some speed. Um, I don't think he's going to start a lot, but, you know, he's definitely a useful player to have on the bench. Um, and he played – Okay, I, I, I remember a stretch last year. I believe it was in Boston and in Baltimore where Haggerty was like the best player on the Mariners. Um, showed some power. He hit one on Utah Street. Uh, in, in Baltimore, I believe the second Mariner to ever do that, the first being Griffey. So, yeah, uh, Haggerty's a fun guy. And, and obviously, you know, we, we have fun with his, what is that called, his spoonerism? Uh, mm. Ham swaggerty, so 
we uh, I'm, I'm rooting for them, but uh, yeah, there's there's not a ton here uh, to get excited yeah. about from the player. There's some there's some character though. There's some character with the uh, the ham swaggerty thing. So uh, yeah. pretty pretty easy to root for them at least on that front. And yes. that's and we're at that part of the season where that's what we're holding on to now to uh, root for the Steelers. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a Team great time. fun, baby. Yeah, Team fun. Yeah, no, I'm he, just. He, I'm, I'm embracing the fun. Watched. I'm I'm embracing yeah. the fun again. You know, we're bringing that back. We're we're going back to last year. This was something that we said when it was starting to look a little bleak. And hey, they went on a run towards the end of the year when we started embracing the fun. So let's just hashtag embrace the fun here. I'm just and, saying, uh, just go along for the ride. I'm just saying the Seattle Mariners right now have the exact same record as the 2019 Washington Nationals did in their first 42 games or whatever it is. And if you don't know why that matters. Look it up. Basically, what Colby is saying is Julio Rodriguez is Juan Soto. That's exactly what he just said. More or less. He has been for a month, but yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, he had a uh, really good series. Nice series. A yeah. couple yeah. strikeouts that were ill-timed, yeah, yeah. but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. He's 21. Yeah. Can't, we can't all be perfect, of course. Uh, so the Mariners right now are... 17 and 25. Uh, they're five and a half out of the um, third wild card right now in the American League. Um, still not necessarily in the cellar of the American League in terms of the standings. And of course, it's still incredibly early. We're only uh, a quarter of the way through the season uh, at this point. And um, a lot of time to turn this thing around. A lot of time to, you know, five and a half games is nothing at this point. So we are not by any means. Waving the white flag here. But if this does not get any better and this extends into June and maybe even July, I mean, it's going to become pretty clear that the Mariners are not going to be doing anything this season. So at that point, the question is, do they become sellers or do they just try to hold on to what they did this offseason and just regroup next winter and and try to build on that? Uh, But... If they do sell, who do you think might be on the way out for the Mariners? Or some players that they might be willing to listen on? Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the entire bullpen, uh, including Paul uh-huh. Seawald. Um, Seawald probably get him something pretty interesting. You get two years of him in addition to the rest of this year. Uh, he's been very good for a year. You're probably not going to get anything elite for him just because the track record is relatively short but um you should be able to get something pretty nice for for paul seawald um the catchers particularly terrens or, or murphy if murphy's ever gets healthy um yeah. he did suffer a setback so we'll see um but backup catchers who can hit a little bit are inclined and both terrens and murphy are good enough defensively that that's not going to deter a team um uh, and you know ty you and i have looked at this this uh this catcher market uh, you know, or the upcoming catcher market via trade, and it mm-hmm. is rough. So, um, if yeah. the Mariners have both of those guys out there, then they're gonna they they will generate some interest there. Um, probably more than people think. They probably get something a little more than people think they could get for Murphy or Trent right now. Um, Abraham Toro is a guy who's probably gonna get asked about, but because he's got five years of club control and he's only twenty five, I I really don't see them moving him for a prospect or two they might move him in a deal to get a better major leaguer 
that will be around for a couple years, but um, probably not uh, going to move him. Um, I don't think Mitch Haniger is going to have much trade value. So mm-hmm. I honestly don't see, especially if he's out till July. I, I mean, what, what about, uh, get- what about Adam Frazier? Cause like, yep, this is a probably. guy that's, he's, he's a rental right now, but he still fits your timeline. He's been playing well. We talked about extending him. Mm-hmm. Do you still entertain that possibility? Even if you're in a losing situation? I yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I, my, my first thought on, on Frazier would be, let's get an extension done. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, remember, it's not just about 2022, 20, the goal is not to win in 2022. I mean, it is in 2022, but the long-term goal is not to 2022 is it. And then we got to completely re-rack like that's, that's yeah. not the goal here. So, yeah. um, I would try to work out an extension with him. Uh, he's been more or less as advertised. Uh, he's just a solid big leaguer. I mean, there's, there's nothing too terribly exciting about him, but he's just solid, you know, gets the job done. He's, he will have a, a starting nine spot on, on a good team. Um, but yeah, he's probably going to be available, but because he's a rental, probably not going to get a ton for him, but you might get something interesting. Uh, maybe you get like the pitching equivalent of Abraham Toro, you know? Um, I, I think the Mariners maybe entertain Jesse Winker, but at that point you're selling so low on him yeah. um, oh. and you have him for another year and they're just like, eh. Then you have to go out and replace, you know, the bat that you think Winker is eventually going to become. You kind of run into this issue where, you know, the Mariners, because they're not going to completely tear down, they're not going to punt 2023, they're going to be very hesitant to trade pieces that they think can help them in 2023. What about Chris Uh, Flexen? eh, I don't think you're going to get much for Flexen. Uh, Mm. He's he's a number four. I mean – you do. He is, you know, under club control for a year and a half. So maybe you get a little bit more than you gave up to get Tyler Anderson. So Carter Benz. Um, but yeah, I, I think some team would have interest in 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 Flexen. Um, maybe like a fringe playoff team. Minnesota for some reason seems like they could maybe use a back end starter. Um, and I mean, you're not going to get like Luis Arise or anything like that. But you might get right. somebody fringy interesting um but yeah I, I think that's what you're looking at uh i think the only guys who are absolutely totally off limits this july uh jp crawford ty france julio gilbert kirby mm-hmm. i i think if you i think if you put marco on, on the on, tra- on the trade block you would get some decent interest in him i just don't think anybody's going to pay the mariners what they would need for it to make sense for them to trade Marco, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because like, yeah, because from the outside, right? Marco is just—I mean, I hate to say it, but he's boring, <laughs> you know, to the outside. <laughs> not eye, sexy. Right? Yeah. And not sexy either. Uh, but <laughs> you know, yeah, he just like beat Max Scherzer and Kevin Gossman in a five-day stretch. But yeah, he's yeah, know, exactly, exactly. Just kind of mediocre. Yeah, yeah not very yeah. good. Well, and unfortunately, that's actually how teams view yeah. him, right? You know, mm-hmm. you go back to when the Mariners were really at the start of this rebuild, um, and the thought of trading Marco was kind of out there. Uh, no team was really, <laughs> you know, offering <laughs> anything close to what the Mariners felt was worth I, it, and that's probably not going to continue. And that's probably going to continue where they just it, Marco's not going to be valued the way no, that he needs he to should be. be. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a three win pitcher regardless of how sexy it is. He's 
he's a three-win pitcher. That's worth something, especially with his contract. Um, I had kind of heard, like, I don't know if this is a joke or not, but I did hear that, like, the Yankees were kind of interested in Marco uh, Mm -hmm. back in 2019, winter of 2019 or 2020. Um, But it was like that, like, oh, yeah, well, maybe we'll give you, like, Miguel Andahar, like, literally that meme. Yeah. Is kind of what the the Yankees were offering, and it's just no. There, there's no reason to do that. Um, I I have two things here. I'm going to throw at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, let's let's start with this. Let's just assume that the Mariners kind of go 500 from here until July, the All Star break. Let's just say the All Star break, right? Yeah. So maybe they're still very barely in it. Maybe they're just out of it. Uh, but regardless, they're whatever um would you be more surprised if they made a significant selling move or a significant buying move Sign- significant selling as in like winker <clears throat> more like, like that frazier seawald like like that mm-hmm. that type of group like a, a real then, contributor then significant then significant buying if it was someone with like if it was a veteran with like club control like winker then I'd be more surprised by that. But Frazier, I could see them moving on from Frazier for the reason that we talked about. He's a rental, and hey, maybe he doesn't have interest in resigning in Seattle. Uh, Seawald, he's, he's a bull- reliever. He's yeah. a reliever. Yeah, you know, and I, I love Paul Seawald, and I know the organization loves Paul Seawald, but um, you know, he's he's a reliever at the end of the day, and you want to maximize that that reliever's value um, because there's no guarantee whatsoever that he's ever going to be that valuable again. And so, um, yeah, so I, if that opportunity presented itself to them, then I, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if, if that's how you're describing it, where they're eight games under or five games under or whatever around, you know, mm-hmm. July, you know, the all-star break. Um, but yeah, if they went out and, and significantly bought someone, I mean, that also wouldn't really be a surprise to me either because we've seen the Mariners do that before, kind of like not like they did. Yeah, like they didn't go out and like get a star by any means, but they went out and they they bought something that they wanted. They bought a couple of things that they wanted right. last year. So you would be more you would be more surprised basically if they if they made how am I trying to word? You would be more surprised if they made like another Diego Castillo deal as opposed to another Kendall Graveman deal. You know what I mean? Like. Because the Graveman mm-hmm. deal was kind of a seller's move, but not really. But you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, well, that's the thing too, right? Is like if they trade Paul Seawald <laughs> and they're not getting like prospects back, they're trading Paul Seawald and they're getting like another Abraham Toro or or what have you. Yeah. Uh, that would be. <coughs> yeah. Like I don't know. I don't, I don't, move, like, I don't feel like really. I, I don't feel like either one honestly would be that surprising because Jerry DePoto with Jerry DePoto and his team, I mean, really anything yeah. is possible. Uh, it doesn't really matter what position they're in at the deadline. Obviously, you know, nationally teams are going to be more inclined to sell in that position and, and they most certainly would. Uh, but yeah, even if they're 20 games under 500, I could see them buying something that's, you know, under club control for two, three years and, and fits their timeline in the future. Uh, that's just kind of always been their MO. So, yeah, honestly, maybe my answer would be more so. I'd be surprised if they didn't do either of those things, right? right. I feel like a they, bit of both. Yeah, I feel like they end up doing both. Because like, they Probably. still, 
Because even like, let's think about it real quick. And we got to we got to hop off here, though. But um, just real quick, just to wrap up on this note, the Mariners have constantly talked, you know, and Jerry DePoto specifically has talked about 2023 kind of being the year, you know, and this has been kind of the the language used over the last few years, even pre-pandemic. But then you talk about the pandemic and, and how that basically erased 100 plus games of development for, you know, the minors and the majors, uh, you know, no minor league season whatsoever. They lost a hundred games at the major league level. You know, they lost a lot of time of development and then last year happened and that kind of pushed the timeline up, but maybe that was a, a mirage, right? Maybe the timeline has always been the, the same as it, as it was at the start of the rebuild. And, um, you know, because a lot of this right now is predicated on the success and the growth of players like Julio Rodriguez and Jerry Kelnick, et cetera. So, um, I don't think that changes really. I don't think the mindset really changes for the Mariners in the sense that because and this you know goes into the whole conversation about Jerry and whether or not to keep Jerry around, and we're probably going to touch on that at some point later this week on uh, on Lockdown Mariners. But you know they if the timeline is still twenty twenty three for them as they have said in the past, and and yeah you know things have changed over the course of time, but still 2023 has really been that target year for them to really go for it. Then, uh, yeah, I would figure that even no matter the situation they find themselves in this year, uh, they're going to add to, to bolster that 2023 roster. If the opportunity presents itself to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. So uh, just real fast, just to wrap this mm. up, I, I, I do want to throw one hypothetical trade at you. Sure. Um, just thought of it live, so that this probably isn't very good, but I'll throw it at you anyways. Go for it. Kind of in the uh, Abraham Toro-esque type of mold here. Sure. The Chicago White Sox have been getting horrific production from their second baseman, a guy like Adam Frazier, probably going to appeal to them. Sure. So would you trade Adam Frazier for Jake Berger? Ooh, that's an interesting move. Burger's pretty interesting. It's just, does he fit 2023 better than Frazier? Well, I mean, I think at this point you have to, at this, in this scenario, you'd have to assume Frazier's not interested in it. Yeah. And resigning. Yeah. Then at that point, sure. Yeah. If I, if there's absolutely, you know, uh, or if there's a guarantee that I'm not getting Frazier back for 2023, then not in season. Not Maybe you season. resign him. Maybe, maybe, but, but if he's not willing to sign an extension, that probably doesn't bode well, maybe, well for his. Maybe he just wants to see what's on the market. Sure, that's true too. Um, but yeah, if it's uh, if it's pretty clear that I'm not going to be able to get that done, yeah, why not? Just uh, you know, take a chance on Berger, who is major league ready. I would say, even though that he got <clears throat> sent down again recently, um, mm-hmm. and you can also give him a better shot to actually play at the major league level. Yeah, pretty much play him every day. Yeah, because uh, like what year. other because like what other major league ready piece are you going to get for Adam Frazier? Maybe a reliever. Yeah, which mm, I'd rather go with the position player, quite frankly. Yeah, and I mean, Burgers. Burgers. He's a t- tough fit because he's not a great third baseman, and yeah. you obviously already have Ty France. But what if he is Ty France? You know what I mean? And, and yeah, that's true. Then, but yeah, uh, just yeah. thought that up. I'll have to flush it out a little bit more, but. Uh, it, I think that's an interesting at least start. Yes. It's not bad. And, you know, same or similar idea could be applied to uh, Paul Seawald as well. Not necessarily Burger, but, you know, 
getting someone that is kind of of the uh, burger mold in terms of uh, yeah you know timeline. So yeah yeah. There's a there's a lot of ways to be creative with it, and you know one thing we do know is that Jerry Depoto is going to get creative with it whenever he does, and he's going to do something that even if we spend every single episode from this moment forward talking about trade candidates, he'll still find someone that we didn't talk about <laughs> because Always. of course. That's what Jerry does. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, S-D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, the C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Lockdown MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's President Pass. It's free wherever you get your podcast just like us so have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow peace